Good morning, everybody. Psalms 34. Psalms 34. Psalms 34. I will praise the Lord at all times. My mouth will continually praise him. I boast in the Lord. Let the oppressed hear and rejoice. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's praise the name of the Lord together. I sought the Lord's help and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help are happy and their faces are not ashamed. The oppressed man cried out and the Lord heard. He saved him from all his troubles. The Lord's angel camps around the Lord's loyal followers and delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the one who takes shelter in the Lord. Remain loyal to the Lord, you chosen people of his, and his loyal followers will lack nothing. Even young lions sometimes lack food and are hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Uh, come, children, and listen to me. I'll teach you what it means to fear the Lord. Do you want to really live? Would you love to live a long and happy life? Then make sure that you don't speak evil words or use deceptive speech. Turn away from evil and do what is right. Strive for peace and promote it. The Lord pays attention to the godly and he hears our cry for help. The Lord opposes the evildoers and wipes out all the memory of them from the earth. The godly cry out and the Lord hears and he saves them from all their troubles. Lord, you come near to the brokenhearted and anyone who is discouraged, you deliver. And the godly face many dangers, but the Lord saves you out of all of them. Or another translation says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers out of them all. He protects all his bones and not one of them is broken. Evil people self-destruct and those who hate the godly are punished. The Lord rescues his servants. All who take shelter in him will escape punishment. Amen.
so kind and generous, so benevolent are you, so wonderful and forgiving, oh, so full of love. You are the most high, you are the most high, you are the most high. We'll give you all our praise, we lift up your name, we magnify your name, oh, oh. my help comes from you are the horn of my salvation oh oh living flame of love that tenderly wounds my soul in its deepest center since now we know that you're not oppressive now consummate if it be your will tear through this veil for this sweet encounter oh sweet sweet cautery oh delightful wound oh gentle hand oh delicate touch the taste of eternal life and pays every debt Killing, you change death to life. Oh, lamps of fire, in whose splendors the deep caverns of feeling, once obscure and blind, now give forth fire, Holy Ghost fire, so rarely, so exquisitely, both warmth and light for your beloved. How gently and how lovingly. Weak in our hearts, Lord. I'll burn hard, Lord. Where in secret you dwell alone. And in your sweet breathing, breathe out, Lord. Filled with good and glory. How tenderly you swell our hearts with love living flame of love. Oh, burn up everything that hinders love, Lord, and set us ablaze with your fire. Lover of 
a river that can't be stopped, a mountain that can't be turned. Oh, would you come, almighty mountain? Oh, would you come, almighty river? Oh, would you come, would you come, almighty fire? Would you come, warrior of the land and sky? Oh, would you come, oh, let the east bring forth. and daughters, children of the King, children of God. Mighty are we because He is in.
Day has run its course. You are the goodness 
my sweetest friend. You are the avalanche that falls upon us in the end. You are my reward when all the years have failed us. And oh, my sweetest friend, you are the house around the goodness in the end. And everything I ever wanted, it is found in you. And everything I ever wanted, it is found in you. I will follow you 
my king and brother, I will follow you wherever your heart hovers. Oh, when the day has run its course, you are the goodness, and you are my reward. You are the goodness. Oh, this momentary light affliction. Oh, when the day has run its course, you, you, and only you are the goodness. Oh, and you are my reward, my only reward. You are the goodness. Oh, you are my reward. Lord, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning, oh, that everything I've ever wanted, it is founded. Lord, the way you provide, it doesn't make sense sometimes, but everything I've ever wanted, it is found in you. The doors you open, the doors you close, it's all for our good and everything I've ever wanted. It is found in you, not in sacrifice or offering, but in your face, in your face. I look at you, I look at you, I look at you. You are the goodness, the goodness, the goodness, and David was laying in the caves when Joseph was laying in the prison. Oh, they were finding that everything they ever could want, everything that could ever make them happy was only found in you. It was only you, the goodness that falls like an avalanche. The goodness, the goodness, the goodness. Oh. Everything I've ever wanted, everything I ever wanted, everything I've ever wanted to be, oh, everything I've ever wanted to be, every reason I ever wanted to live, it is found in you, you and only you, you and only you, oh, holy Jehovah, oh, holy Jehovah, it is found in you all happiness all peace all joy and all rest all knowledge and all understanding it is found in the look of your eye in the gaze of your eye oh in the gaze of your eye 
Let them fall on the right, let them fall on the left. I will gaze into the gaze of fire that burns in my heart. You are an avalanche. Sometimes it feels crushing, but it brings freedom and it brings grace and liberty. Oh, how paradoxical are you? Oh, we don't understand with our human reasoning. So I fix my eyes on you. I fix my eyes on you. Even though you slay me, I know it's for my good. I fix my eyes on you and I trust you and I hold you. Only you, you and only you. everything I ever wanted it is found in you and everything I've ever wanted it is found in you who, the what, the why it's all found in you it's all found in you it's all found in you. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for our harlotry. Oh, we turn back to you. It's all found in you. It's all found in you. Oh, come and look at me. And the day has run its course. You are the goodness. sweetest friend you are the avalanche that falls upon us in the end oh faithful father I trust you oh faithful Help us be like Paul when he saw all he would go through to look back at you and say, I trust you. I 
You are worth all, you are worth all this momentary affliction is nothing to the glory of you, the glory you set aside for us. something we have to say to the Lord or you don't have to but you can set me set me like a cylinder seal over your heart like a signet on your arm Isolation, yeah. no more indifference. Yeah. Strong together in Him, one family. Yeah. One shepherd, one church. Yeah. One nation, one king. the Lord, and I'll take care of you, says the Lord. 
Come running into the arms of our Father.
run into the kindness of the Father, just like the woman at the well. I know you, you can't hide anything from me. Run into my arms, run into the arms. Isaiah 40, 22. It is God who sits above the circle of the horizon of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. It is he who stretches out the heavens like curtains. And spreads them like a tent to dwell in. Verse 25. To whom then will you liken me in? that I should be an equal to him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these. He who brings out their host by number and calls them all by name. Through the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, not one thing is missing or lacks my old Jacob, do you say and declare, O Israel, my way and my lot are hidden from the Lord, and my right is passed over without regard from my God. Maybe some of us have said this, I know I have many times. Listen to this comforting word from the Lord to you. Why, old Jacob, do you say and declare? O Israel, my way and my lot are hidden from the Lord. Like that he doesn't see me. I feel alone sometimes. I don't know what I'm going to do. So why do you say that? And why do you say that my right has been passed over without regard from my God? And I've been following the Lord like you say this. I follow him. I follow him. Sometimes it seems like he doesn't notice me or he doesn't see me and what I'm going through. 
But listen to what the Lord says to our heart in the middle of that sense of aloneness, isolation at times, or vacancy that maybe some of us have faced. I, I bet everyone in here has faced this. But listen to what the Lord says. Have you not known? Have you not heard? I'm the everlasting God. the Lord I'm the creator of the ends of the earth I never faint or grow weary there's no searching even of his understanding hear this from the Lord I want you to take confidence in this the Lord gave me this for, for us listen hear, hear this I give power to the faint and the weary. Sometimes I've come up near to you, Lord, and I feel like I'm going to pass out. Sometimes I've got weary and well-doing. I believe I, I remember as Galatians chapter 6, is it verse 10 or something, somewhere around there? I say, say back to the Lord, and he says to me through Paul, hey, don't grow weary in well-doing. Hey, don't disconnect from this. Don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap a harvest if you faint not, right? of God can bring us into even passing out almost. Just the exposure of his nature. When he comes down near into you in your homes and your workplaces. Even the exposure of God's love can make us almost faint. I don't know how many times I've almost passed out when God came near. And he says, wait, I'm going to give you power in the middle of this. But it seems like that you're not with me. Well, maybe the condition is that there's a sense of being, I'm about to faint. I've been pushing, pushing, pushing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, here. I'm growing weary. Well, I'll give you power, says the Lord. It almost makes you think that the Lord was drawing us into full dependence on him. You finally throw your hands up in there and you say, I can't do it. He said, good. <laughs> Let me do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And to the one who has no might, he will increase your strength. He'll cause it to multiply and he'll make it to abound. He even says here that even, even you shall faint and be weary. Even young people. And even selected young men shall feebly stumble and fall exhausted in the revelation of the Lord. And we've heard this passage so many times, but let it be said in context. Those who wait on the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. 
one of the hardest things. You, you come up near him. He, oh, man, like I said, oh, God, I'm about to pass out. I don't think I can go another step. But I've learned to wait on you here in this place. And everyone in this room knows what the word of the Lord means here because you've had to face this time and time and time again. As the Lord has been drawing you near to himself. And then I want to encourage you from the Lord. to deliver your promise to me you're going to deliver your promise to my family you're faithful Lord it seems wrong in our nature to rest like this but you've done everything you can do and the Lord in this eternal father he would say I'm going to do it for you this is the function of the gospel of Jesus Christ we grasp we grasp and he says just put your hands down to me he tells me you know hey son put your hands behind your back but Lord you equip me with so much or so much I could do no put your hands behind your back and wait on me to deliver I feel alone Lord I feel vacant Lord I feel misunderstood Lord wait on me says the Lord
Amen. Amen. Last week, um, <clears throat> Tommy Osherman came up to me at the end of the service, and he said, um, hey, Carol, I really got a strong word from the Lord. And he brings out Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. The next morning, I meet with Stephen Paul. <laughs> right there. That's Stephen Roy. The crown king of royalty, yeah, from a humble place. And Stephen the Elder and Stephen the Younger. <laughs> Stephen, he had wrote me by text, and he said, I got Isaiah 52.7 last week. And I thought, that's not coincidental. Mm -hmm. You know, a particular book, a particular chapter, and a particular verse. And I thought we'd look at it uh, this morning as just a lead-in because... Yeah, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established, Deuteronomy 19. And so out of the two uh, witnesses of our, of our brothers who have received the exact same verse, let's look at Isaiah 52 uh, for a minute this morning. And um, I, I believe it's generally, you've heard me say this before, but I believe it, you know, any text without a context is a pretext. Yeah. And so context is important in Isaiah, and so I'm not going to give like a full context, Isaiah 52, uh, but I will, we will look at starting in verse 1, just look at it, and then, um, and then see what the Lord is wanting to speak to us as a, uh, as his people. In capital letters, awake, awake. Put on strength. Interesting in light of Isaiah 40. Yeah. Be clothed in strength. Put on strength. Yes, we face weariness in our walk with work. Yes, we've yes, we've we've come to a place where we've almost been knocked out. Just saying yes to Jesus. Almost fainted. So many of us have uh, you know, Hebrews 12, when the Lord brings discipline uh, to our lives. He says, you know, in your middle of your chastisement, don't get weary, don't, you know, don't faint, don't back out. And, and so here he's, Isaiah is saying, I'm bringing, a, I'm bringing an awakening. I'm saying, and we've heard this many times, the church has fallen asleep. Our eyes are becoming wide open. You know, wake up. See across the veil. Revelation 2 and 3. Hey, church, if you ha have ears to hear, eyes to see. I believe God has got our attention. But in an attention in a new way, where we begin to behold the eternal dimension right around us, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Many of us going through layers of repentance. Jesus will say this. John will say this. Hey, hey repent. Tom McManus was bringing this out, that metanoia in the Greek, repent, metanoia, meaning behold the Lord. Not hang your head in shame and guilt, but no, get your eyes up, look at the Lord, behold the Lord, metanoia. That's where your transformation comes from is when you behold him, beholding you, beholding him. 
your eyes of God, like Stephen were saying, are beginning to look upon your soul. You're beholding the Lord, and you wake up. The great awakenings, uh, which we're due one. <laughs> right? I mean, what, what's going to turn our nation and the nation of the world around? We need an awakening. So he's, he's given a, the prophet is coming out with a command, a command voice. Wake! Wake up! And, and he's been preparing us in our exilic condition that we've been in. Uh, everyone in here and many others of the remnant family of God have been in exile. Why? For the purpose of an awakening. Uh, so that our eyes become open to another plane of living and we are not living our life anymore according to the facet and fashioning of this world now we're we've walked proverbially through the uh, the door at Narnia we went through the closet and we're coming out of the closet <laughs> as a transfigured people right Transfigured in his glory. Uh, Tom Gross was telling me this week, August 21st, 1979, was his conversion. He said he, he, uh, he, sits, up in, he sits up like this, uh, and he said, and my, my head was in the heavens. And I went from my understanding to a, a, the wisdom of God. And I said, uh, you know, that makes sense, Gat, that you would leap over a wall. He said, all the boxes have to be burned, Carol. And I'm like, yes. Burn all the boxes. Burn, burn them all. There's no, there's no way to, uh, that God could ever do anything that we could actually make happen out of our own flesh. And see, that's what this is about this morning. Awake, awake. Uh, wake up. Put on strength. What kind? His, yeah. The Lord's. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's this joy, this no more like forlorn, scared, upset. Uh, the Lord, he's a big jokester. I, I know you know this. <laughs> uh, I know McManus knows it. He's a big joke. Kara's a big jokester. You know, we have some in here that are really good at cutting up. When the war came a, a week ago or so, he, uh, he had told me some things about myself and then I was like flipping out and sort of like going crazy. And he says, like in a joking kind of way, I'm Hashem, <laughs> little feller. You know, it's, I was like, you're like a jokester. You know, like you're just a cut, you cut up. It, you, I'm like freaking out in a way because he just told me who I was and, and I was so mesmerized by it. And he thinks it's a joke. Like, you know, I'm Hashem. <laughs> Like that. That was the disposition of the Lord. Like, what? You didn't know me? Like, I'm in charge. <laughs> I'm like the ultimate Y chromosome. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that's how you take your leadership. Oh, that's how you put on strength. Oh, like, oh, you put on strength and joy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm happy. I'm not taking my, you've heard people say, don't take yourself too seriously. Well, the Lord doesn't. He's not wringing his hands at trying to figure out what he's going to do with the nation. Actually, in Psalms 2, it says he's sitting in the heavens and laughing. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I'm so, 
charge. <laughs> I'm in charge. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That Antichrist guy. <laughs> you know, we're like, oh no, abomination desolate. You know, it's like, he's like, uh, this thing's in my hand. I got this thing. The Father does. So it was good for me because I've been intense, you know. And it was good to be joked around with, especially on something of such a high caliber, that God wouldn't take us too, that we wouldn't take ourselves too seriously. That we would have a good time. It's sort of like, um, I saw a film one time, I think it was, I'm not saying you should watch it, Radnorock, Radnorock, how do you say it, Steve? Radnorock, and in, in it's got a Thor at the beginning, and there's this big evil, like, being, and he's cutting jokes with him. He's like going to throw him into like this furnace or whatever, and he's like, like uh, what? You're like I'm not a like a puny little god, you know. It's it's just so kind of funny that you can laugh at your enemy. There's this joy that comes in your heart when you know he is defeated. Like he has no, he's just a little tube of man. Uh, I had a dream about him, you know, our enemy. He was like a little gray tube. And he had broken teeth. And um, he's the ugliest looking little creature I've ever seen. And, um, and uh, he's evil. I mean, he's evil to the core. His eyes are filled with evil. And I, little tube man's running around deceiving people. And I finally got a hold of him. And I grabbed him. It's really hard to grab hold of because he's a, he's like, it was like a neoprene or like a rubber uh, gray tube. Almost like a toilet paper roll after you finish it. <laughs> but it was gray rubber. And I said, that's about what you are. It's like a rubber toilet paper tube. And he's got his broken off teeth, and he's like, and he's got his little tiny little beady little eyes and no, no hair. He's just a tube. And I was in the dream, and I was like, I don't get you, little rascal, going around and causing all these problems. I finally get him in my hand, and he's, you know, a rubber tube like that. There's, they're hollow, so you can't really get a hold of them, and they can pop right out of your hand. And I get him. And I got this razor blade, and I'm going to cut him in half. And I want to tell you something about our enemy. He looks at me. He plays a trick on me. He looks at me with these eyes like this. It's wrong what the Father did to me. It's going to cast me into the lake of fire. Don't you feel sorry for me? And as soon my eye moves just slightly, he jumps out of my hand, and I can't catch him. His greatest trick is to feel sorry for him. Pity. Self-pity. And see, the opposite of this, uh, self-pity, is put on strength. Because the awakening of God, the awakening of God has no pity. And you, you heard me uh, quote this last week from, um, from uh, D.H. Lawrence. The enemy, because the enemy wants to deceive us. And get us to feel sorry for ourselves. And that way he plays a mastermind trick on you to get you to turn insular instead of look into the heavens. This is a major trick that he plays, especially in this end time move, is to get you to look at yourself with self-pity. And, and listen to this, um, listen to this uh, by D.H. Lawrence. <clears throat> I never saw a wild thing sorry for itself. A 
small bird will drop frozen dead from a bough without ever having felt sorry for itself. D.H. Lawrence. Again, I never saw a wild thing sorry for itself. Uh, McManus calls, one day he said, Carol, you went like Rogue 3 <laughs> at one of our events. And I was like, yeah, I never saw a wild thing sorry for itself. A small bird will drop frozen dead from a bough without ever having felt sorry for itself. Why? Because if we can get lulled into that, this great deceptor of the deception of the tube man, the toilet paper tube man, is Lucifer. If we can get him to just for a slight moment turn our eyes to our own pain our own what even because of some of what we've been through the father's ordained it our discipline our uh, he chastens those he loves if i could just get you to turn away from that he'll get your eyes off of the kingdom of heaven and you know what happens that's the way he lulls people into sleep to get you to feel sorry for yourself they did me wrong well yeah they did actually I mean, let's not be a liar about it. You've been done wrong many times by many people, even church people, even business people. It's happened. Has it not? But to turn, on one, to, turn to oneself and feel sorry for oneself is to get you out of an awakening. Because while you're looking at yourself, the Lord's passing by by light. He said, wait a minute, stop, stop, stop. Look at me, look at me. Get your eyes on me. Wake up, Isaiah saying. Awaken, put on the strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength, not self-pity. If the enemy, you know, he said, you see, the Lord, after my dream, said, you see how he tricked you? I said, man, I had him, I had him, I mean, I was going to cut his head off for the whole, I was like, I'm done with this. He's like, you missed it, because he got that one little tinge of eye got me to divert my attention away, and I lost him. Little tube man went and run with his little serrated, broken teeth to go chew on somebody else's ankle. You know, <laughs> leave them alone. <laughs> Getting someone else to feel sorry for themselves. He says, Oh, Zion. And Zion is the place where heaven and earth, I felt like for years, where heaven and earth are one. Put on your beautiful garments. Oh, Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come into you the uncircumcised or unclean. <laughs> now wait a minute you mean God's going to clean up clean us up well yeah yes that's what he went to the cross for and let's stop taking sin and iniquity and saying well the Lord he said it. I think he'll do like about a 65% on this deal the rest of it I have to live with every day stop doing that Stop believing that. That's not actually right. When we, we've looked at Hebrews chapter 10. No, he said, I'm going to take away the consciousness of sin. Now, let's just set the bar where it is. Since the scripture does, this isn't something I'm saying. God's holy word says, set the bar to no consciousness of sin. Let's set it there with him and let's agree with God's word. Let's quit agreeing with I arrived, I arrived, I arrived, I've somehow found my place, but still living with secret sin and living with stuff in my heart. No, no, I want the eternal covenant installed on me and I won't have 
a halfway Christianity or a 85% Christianity or a 99% relation. I want the full kit and caboodle. I want it all. I, I want to be free of sin. I want to be completely liberated from a sin consciousness. I want no more consciousness of sin to pervade my very own nature. I want the living flame of love to come and burn hot in me and consume me with his love and light and glory. I want the fear gone and I want the anger gone in the misplaced way. I'm tired of it. I don't want this anymore. I want, I want the ember. Um, I want the ember. I was reading this this week in um, the collected works of St. John of the Cross. He, he distinguishes between the ember and the literal flame consuming the ember. Okay, yeah, we're hot because the ember's hot. But Lord, I want the whole consummation to come. I don't want an ember there anymore. I want it to be consumed in love. And I want a flame, a fire, and a real awakening in my soul. I want it a perpetual flame. I want your flame, Holy Spirit, to burn hot in me all the time. I'm tired of being cutting others and being cut. I'm tired of it. I just want flame of fire. I want to be consumed in love. I, I, I don't, well, we came through YMI, and the Lord said you went through probation, um, the probationary tree. You've come through conferral. I'm going to confer on you, my blessing. You've come through a confirmation. The Lord wants a consummation. He wants to marry the human soul with himself. And I'm, I'm in this kind of thing with him right now. It's like, Lord, do it now. Let's have consummation fire now. And I think the Lord will say, oh, I put that in your heart because that's what I want more than you do. I'm ready to consume even the ember with fire, flame of fire. Come. So, so the uncircumcised and unclean are not in Zion. Why? Well, how can we be? Unless the flame of fire comes, how can we live in Zion or from Zion? We would still be looking up the mountain at Moses, going up to Sinai. No more of this. This is over. This is over. This is the end of the age. This is over. The blood has purchased on the cross. Jesus paid for our complete and utter flame of Holy Ghost down on us we're going to go out in a flame of glory <laughs> not retirement refirement <laughs> forget that retirement thing i'm not retiring i'm refiring flame fire 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 holy ghost fire fall on us hey i believe he's been looking at us and i believe this is the testimony of what we will see happen it's up to him he's looking for something a testimony that gives him what he's after something. So what does he say? Shake yourself. Karen and I, we joke sometimes. He's like, will you shake on it? And then she'll go. <laughs> she does that to me. She'll say, shake on it. And, and then I'll go to grab her hand and she goes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We used to, um, when we were first married, be laying in the bed with, with her and um, she always is cutting jokes and stuff and uh, one time I was like I'm gonna act like I'm laughing but I'm not and so she's up behind me and I, I started doing this like this and she is the biggest kick out of that y'all can play it on each other it's really funny but I was I wasn't laughing I was just making my body shake and she's like 
<laughs> she thinks I'm so funny and she looks over at me. I'm not even smiling. <laughs> Shake yourself. Shake off the dust. Dust is, um, it's like this, you know, this is what I'm like. It's at an atomic level, maybe. Maybe not an atomic level, but it's at a lesser. You can see it flying through the air sometimes. I want everything that hinders love out of my life. I don't want, I don't want the slightest inflection, eye movement, body transition, anything not to show forth his love. I want everything. When you, when you see me, you see love. When you, I see you, I see love. I, want it to, I don't want the edge... I'm not saying the Lord won't bring a sword and bring a fire, like Luke says. But not the edginess of self-pity and the edginess of I'm aggravated with you. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Not the uptightness and the weirdness. No, no, no. No, no, a complete and utter love. Shake that thing off of you. And rise up. Listen to this. He says, sit. Sit, I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, sit up. You know, they're riding in the car and I got them all laid back like this. Like, sit up. It's not good for your, I know that you other guys know this better than I do, but I'll say, that's not good for your posture. Mostly, I don't know that that is necessarily exactly right, but I want them to sit up. What the Lord does too. He says, sit up. (laughs) That's right, young lady. Old Jerusalem, loose yourself from the bonds that are around your neck. Oh, captive daughter of Zion. Um, there's a part we have to play in this. Some people, they're overly sovereignty of God. Steve, Stephen Roy, the elder, brought this up about six months ago to me. He says, Carol, I get the sense in the event that if the people don't say, Lord, I want to let you do this to me, that he won't. Brad Ames has mentioned the same thing in events and meetings that if a person doesn't engage with him, he won't mess with you. I've watched it in some of our events. The Holy Spirit's moving in power. Somebody could be sitting there like fiddling with her. I'm like, what? How do you do that? I'm like freaking out. I'm like, if she's feeling what I was feeling, you have to say, you have to partner with the Lord. God's sovereignty isn't going to invade your space in this sense. And I'll tell you why. Because I asked him why. I said, why, why don't you just clean out everybody and he said well I'm not a tyrant and he said if I impose my will on you you would say that I was oppressing you and he said so I won't do it because I'll never be said it'll never be said about me that I'm tyrannical I'm not I will not oppress you and I will not force you but if you ask me oh what I would do for you (laughs) and then of course he comes and we say you know leave me alone stop it he's like uh, you know oh that's me (laughs) he's like i can't even hardly do what i want to do because when i come near everybody wants to run away because i'm so loving and it exposes the human heart maybe we perceive him as darkness instead of light and we've been through this with him but now things are changing for us and now the darkness is becoming the ember and the ember is becoming the flame and so he's telling us here, you're going to have to do something, oh, captive daughter of Zion. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to partner with me in taking the, uh, this thing off your neck. 
this thing that's held you captive, you're going to have to agree with me. And I'm going to tell you, for me, that has been one of the hardest things to do. Because God says things about you, and he doesn't say it like, um, sort of like, um, God's real. <laughs> so he doesn't, and Tom Gross was getting at this this week, that about a situation he's dealing with where people are like, the finished work of the cross. And Tom was saying, yeah, but there's a process. I'm not like, no, brother, you're not believing the Lord now because you didn't go into mental ascent of the finished work of the cross. Therefore, we're advanced and you're in retreat. That's what I got from what you said. It sort of looked at him. He said, no, you don't understand. And, and it's true. There's a partnership that we have with the Lord where he's saying, loose yourself, O captive daughter. I, I'll explain it. For years, I'll explain it personally. The Lord kept saying these things to me. And he said, you're going to have to live, son, like you believe what I say about you. And I'm like, well, I got, there's things I need to be doing. I remember because he was like, I want you to go around, um, I want you to go over to uh, Biltmore House and walk around. And I said, I have a wife, and at that point, I think five kids or something. I was like, I got to take care of them. I need to be doing something. He said, no, you come walk with me, and we're going to look at tree types. <laughs> you know, because that's what Adam did. And I'm restoring the whole garden, and uh, we're going to, you know, I was like, no, Lord, you don't understand. I, I need to provide. He said, well, are you my royal son or not? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then believe it. Act like one. I said, but I'm, you know. He said, I'm wanting to deal with trees right now. We're going to deal with a maple and an oak, and I want to do a tree identification. I was like, do you know my income went up while I'm doing tree identification? I was shocked. You have to lose yourself. I had a captive mindset, a captive to the wrong thing. I thought of myself the way I was raised. I had to literally dis start begin disconnecting from the reality of the way I understood myself in my own raising, the way people think about us. I had to disconnect from it and say, I'm going to follow your word. You know, and if you don't like it, so what? I don't care anymore because I can't be beholden to everybody's opinion of me. And ever in my own experience and other people's ideas, I, I got to quit doing this. And I'm going to tell you, the, more, the social pressure on that, <laughs> it is not easy to deal with. You know, there's that grown man that's got all that stuff he could be doing. He's looking at treats. <laughs> I'm either stupid is, the stupid does, or, or it's the Lord. And I was so, I've been so hungry for the Lord. And I mean, this is years of this. This isn't like, this has been not easy to go through. But you got to take that thing off. I'm not going to be muzzled by something anymore. I'm not a slave. I'm a son of the Lord. I'm a daughter of the Lord. There comes a reality that heaven speaks to you that you need to agree with and live from. You, you have to partner with the Lord in this or it's just sort of like ethereal. Christianity is not some, or a relationship with Jesus is not, well, he's historical, I believe that. No, he's experiential, I believe that. No, he's intellectual, I believe No, 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 no. Jesus is real right now. 
the kingdom of heaven is right here, right now. It's not some kind of ethereal thing. It's a present everyday reality to our life. Loose yourself. O captive daughter of Zion, for thus says the Lord, you were sold for nothing. And you'll be redeemed without money. God's redemption in our life is not um, necessarily, it's not economical. <laughs> it, he's not, the Lord isn't like putting a price tag. You're infinite, you're, you have infinite worth to him. How could you ever be price tagged? The Lord doesn't want to price tag your life like that. You're of infinite value to him. I mean, he loves you. And you know as well as I do that none of us like to be uh, monetized. Really, if we're truthful, if we were truthful to ourselves, none of us really like to monetize ourselves. Some are good at monetizing themselves, and some are good at monetizing others. But if you are true to yourself, you know that that isn't desire and delight when someone uses you or you use yourself to get someone else's affection. It hurts. And the Lord's saying it right here, too. He's saying, hey, you're redeemed with, you're, you're, you were sold uh, for nothing. And you'll be redeemed without money. The very own nature of the blood of Jesus would redeem us. His very own life, he'd give up his own, his own life. The, the only son, the, the begotten son of the father would give up his very own life for you. That's how special you are to him. To, be, to feel special. So my, my youngest brother, he says, Carol, you threw out the baby, the bathwater, and tore the bathtub out. I said, man, I'm not going to be loved conditionally. I can't do it. It's, it's something's messing with me in my life, and I can't do it, and I don't want to do it to anybody else. It's messed with me maybe since I was a little child. I hate that religious system. i got to be honest. I just wanted to be loved for me. I, was try I don't want to perform. I don't want to act like i got to get your attention. I don't even want to do it. I just want to be loved, and so do you. You want to be loved for who you are? It's the greatest human longing. I want to be seen. I want to be known. There's one who knows you and one who desires you and one who loves you. Thus says the Lord God. My people went down at the first end of Egypt to sojourn there. And many years later, Sennacherib the Assyrian oppressed them for nothing. Now I delivered you from both Egypt and Assyria. What then can prevent me from delivering you from Babylon? I don't know if you know this, but Syria, something the Lord taught me years ago, the Syrian says in his heart, he's God of the mountains, but he's not God of the valley. What does that mean? Well, it means that I can receive God in, a, in the big way. Let's say maybe even the big corporate way, in the big event way. But what about daily living? What about... What about spouses at home with children, grandchildren? What about like right here? Here we are. We're in a home. He's God. He's God of the mountain. And he's God in the valleys. He's God in everything. You know the kingdom of heaven is right there in your home every day. The access of the kingdom of heaven. It's in the sweeping of the floor. It's in the washing of the dishes. It's in the picking up after 
uh, the kids or grandkids. It's, it's being the kids or grandkids, maybe being one of them, like Melinda, she's good at, you know, I'm going to get down in the floor with them. It's, it's being in the middle of family. He's God of covenant, not just in the big thing that, yes, is coming. Stadiums are coming. And he's right here in the family. Assyrian, he said, I got you out of Assyria. Sennacherib, that Assyrian. I got you out, I got you out of that and I got you out of Egypt. That pretentious place. I got you out of all that and I got you now. Do you think, do you think that in the greatness of Egypt and all they could do with all their math and science and all their stuff, all their technology, do you think I can't get you out of Babylon? right in the middle of the United States of America? You think I can't deliver you from this? Do you think God can't raise up a move in the United States of America, the Babylon of the world? You know, some people say, well, if you don't do third world, man, you don't really know Jesus. Only the third worlders do. I always took a little offense to that, I'll be honest with you. I was like, well, I agree with you about the third world because there's a third temple coming. Christ in us, I hope of glory. <laughs> That's a third world. But I take offense a little bit to the only way you can really know Jesus is you have to go over to some foreign country. No, God can deliver you in Babylon. I'm not saying there's not something to the third world. Don't get me wrong. And the word doesn't move in power there. But are we any different as Christians here than they are there if we haven't, if we fully extended our life to the Lord? No. We're in, he can deliver. Sometimes it's, it's harder when you can get your hands on anything you want and say, just because I can have it doesn't mean I'm going to take it. Just because it's free doesn't mean you should get it. Just because Babylon throws all her wares at you doesn't mean you should go after them. It takes a restraint. It takes a hand behind your back. Because I can go to whatever store and get whatever I want, but should I? No, I shall live and move and have my being in him. So he said, I can deliver you from Babylon, but now, what have I here? Seeing that my people, says the Lord, seeing that my people have been taken away for nothing. Those that rule over them howl for joy, says the Lord, and then they're blaspheming my name continually. You see it? It's all happening in our... American culture, the greatest blasphemy of Jesus, blaspheming the name of the Lord. But the Lord says something I, I like, as he said, but what do I have here? I don't know if any of y'all have ever done that. Now, what we got going on here? Well, let me see what's going on here. What do I have here? Uh, first question he asked Adam was, where are you? Here. <laughs> you know. He wasn't asking him that because the Lord didn't know the answer. The Lord knows the where of the here. What do I have here? And this is all leading up, you know, any text is, con you know, pretext without context. So this is all leading up to what Osherman and Scroggs the Jr. got. Um, what do I have here? It's interesting he said they've been taken away for nothing. And you know that Jesus says, I only, I do nothing except what I see my father doing. This is a profound thought. That we would get down to nothing. 
I mean, that would be the place where God could do something. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, I, the guest vicar, and I was writing this back because he, he was saying uh, this a couple weeks ago or whatever that you use that with his uh, team. He, I'm using Winnie the Pooh now to lead, uh, lead a medical practice. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, now we're on to something. <laughs> that he, and, and in Christopher Robin, he says, the very best of something comes from nothing. That's a really good film, by the way. And Jesus said the same thing. I mean, it's like, how did Winnie the Pooh get the doctrine of the Lord? <laughs> I do nothing except what I see the Father doing. He says, so well, if this was a nothing thing, he said, this is how I'm going to handle it. Isaiah 52, 6. Watch this. Therefore, my people are going to know what my name is. Oh, man. Did you feel that like I feel that? <laughs> my name. They're going to know me. This is how I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to get you out of Babylon. I'm going to I'm going to solve this whole thing by my name. And you're going to know what my name is, and you're going to know what my name means. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am. Why am I? I am why. What, what am I going to say to the elders? Say, I am that I am has sent thee. Who's I am? I am. He says, it is me that is speaking. Behold, he says, behold, I am. I am may be the greatest existential question the human soul could ever ask. It's the greatest cosmological, eternal and both present reality at the exact same time. It, I am is both transcendent and imminent at the exact same moment. He's both a phenomenologist and an ontologist. He's, he's transcended in the heavens, runs all things, and he's right here, right now, ever present. You ever been so in much in your head space that you can't get into the regular space? God doesn't have this problem. God's completely immersed into all of it, and he's like a little child right here in the middle of us. He's like that. He's transcendent, imminent. He's I am. I, I don't know if y'all ever dealt with this. When I, was, when I was in seminary back in 06, and I was running all this with Gordon Conwell, I was, every time I get into my head, I had to push my babies out. I'm like, y'all, 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 I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And I'm running, running concepts here, and the little kids are coming around. Daddy, 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 daddy. I'm like, Dude! I'm trying to think. I need my aloneness. Um, I got, the, you know, all my tree of knowledge of good and evil. My extrapolations are brilliant. I've got all my subplots and text and all this. And don't interrupt me. Until I heard one day this guy said, no offense to anybody that's done this. Please don't take it. But he's like, it's amazing when a dad's office becomes the study. You don't have to close the door to your office anymore so the kids can come into your study. You let them run around your feet while you're thinking that when your den becomes your family room. When your man cave becomes your living room. This is our father. He's sitting in his chair. He's running the whole world. 
and every other galaxy and the expansion of the universe and everything else and he's got it all figured out and he's outside and he's completely he's completely omniscient but he's omnipresent he's also omnipotent we're calling the triple O Hashim <laughs> but what is it to be omnipresent I'm right here right here right now Omniscient, I know everything. And I'm in charge of everything, too. That's our Father. Out of that comes your provision, your direction, your protection. I got it all. You were made for me. I was, I'm for you. I'm in, I'm in your, I am. And when he was saying I am, he was saying this is the way. This is the way I'm going to get you out of Babylon. This is the way I got you out of Assyria. This is how I get you out of Egypt. I'm present. I'm a very present in a time of need. I'm maternal. I'm nurturing. I love you. I like to spend time with you. I like to be here. I'm also way outside in the head, in my head. I mean, in a way like you have never seen <laughs> or known. I'm into 4,000 million postulates right now all at the same time, but I'm still hanging out with you. <laughs> and I'm in charge. That was kind of the sense like Hashem is. I'm in charge. I got this thing. I, you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to concern yourself. I got it. I'm running. I'm, I'm the ruler of the universe. I'm the master of the universe. I mean, but I'm God man, you know. So how is he going to solve this thing? My name. I've got an article I was reading recently, and it says that when Solomon began, when they came in and they were, uh, you know, building the uh, first temple, that David had put up the money for that one thing that he did and you have to really study the Hebrew in this but the thing he did is he pronounced Shem, Hashem he pronounced his name first he proclaimed the name of the Lord and it was after the proclaiming of the name of the Lord that the kavod of God came and hit the house of God, the, the first temple fire rained down, nobody could stand anymore to minister if you ever read Solomon's words about the Lord, read it. Please read. I believe Second Chronicles five. Read what he said. It, it's a it's a dissertation of of another sort. Solomon had a revelation of, of of the Father that was amazing. Read what he says there, as he pronounces the name of the Lord. There's something about that you can't engage with certain people when they let's say know you. Our father's like that. I don't, I, it's the one thing I've come to know about him. I guess that's why he was joking around with me. He's like, I want to be known too. You know, so many of us have been so caught up into our own brokenness. If the Lord would just resolve, spends all his time resolving our brokenness so we could finally worship his majesty because we would finally know who we were and it was settled. There's a naming going on right now in our midst. Why? Why? Because he wants to settle some things for us. So that what? Why? So that we can say, you're the majestic one. My name's settled. It's done. The Lord said, show me this. I was like, you know what? As great as the key of David is, Isaiah 22, 22, Psalms 22, 22 is infinitely more superior. You know, I hear a lot of people say, he's going to give you the key of David, he's going to give you the key of David, and, and we get the key of David. I mean, yeah, it's great. Uh, I 
got, a, I got some keys too. I got all kinds of cool keys, you know. But Psalms 22 is infinitely more powerful than Isaiah 22. I wish so many people could know that because we're so interested in what we can unlock and what we can do. It's sort of kind of forgetting. We've been so broken and hurt deeply from our own families and our own environments and our situations. And when this awakening happens in you and you know who you are before him, Well, I thought that was going to be the end-all, be-all. No, he's like, no, read Psalms 22, 22. He's like, oh, man, I got the key, yeah. But I'm going to declare your name to my brothers. Praise the Lord, you know. I exalt the name of the majestic one, right? I exalt you. Okay, I'm done. I finally know. I know who I am. It's settled in heaven. It's seven, settled eternally. It's a done deal with me. My whole life was made for you. I, I got it. I, I understand now, Lord. I know why we've been through everything that we've been through. It's done. And this realization gets into us deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And for some of us right now, it's, it's leaving us up crying. I'm waking up in the mornings. Sometimes I'm weeping in the mornings. I'm going to bed crying. Finally realizing, oh, God, I finally realize who I am. And it's really messing with me. I feel more love than I ever felt in my entire life. I feel so loved by the Father. And I'm, I, I believe this is happening to all of us right now. If I'm, if I'm assessing this ministry correctly, you're experiencing a love and a fire that is warming your heart like you never have in your life. Because he's coming to you to meet you exactly the way he created you for a purpose. And that you matter to him deeply, deeply, deeply. You have infinite worth to the Father. And you're an expression of him in a particular way. We all are. And it's okay now that I, I can be both specific and also general. There's a specificity of me, but there's also a general overarching transcendent aspect of me. And I'm okay with it now. I'm really okay with who you say that I am. He says, this is how I'll fix it. And then what, watch what happens Behold, now he gets back again. Behold, behold, I am. Like that. Like I can't even give it the voice. Behold, behold, behold. Shout it out. I am. You know. I'm omniscient. I'm omnipresent. I'm, I'm. I have the consciousness. I have the presence. I have the omnipotence. I have everything is wrapped up in the Father. Everything is Him. And he is everything. Yes, yes. I can declare His name. I can say, Behold, uh, I am. No more, why am I? Oh, thank God we're done there. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. It was glorious, yes, but that we would come to I am. Even more glorious. I don't have to prove anything anymore, Father. I don't have to be concerned about economy. I don't have to be concerned about I don't have to be concerned about anything, but just to be in your presence and all the time, every day, nonstop, nonstop love, nonstop love. Nonstop. This isn't going to stop, folks. This, this flame, um, 
Brad Ames talks about this. I must, A.W. Tozer said, I must be a, among those of the uh, burning heart. And now we can get to the verse that Scroggs the Younger and Hosherman said. And we can't really get to it without this. How can it be how beautiful are the feet? What gospel would we spread? There'd be no breakthrough Christianity, no breakthrough without the very name of the Lord being praised, without the name of the Lord excelling out in front of us in rocket-like fashion, uh, the sound wave of heaven with the sonic boom of the name of the Father going off. There'd be no beautiful are the feet. What do we be fooling ourselves? Beautiful upon the mountains, beautiful, 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 glorious are the feet of him who brings good tidings. Let the declaration of the tiding of the Lord come forth. Good tidings. Oh man. The gospel of the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom of heaven shall be preached in all the earth, and then the end will come. Let the gospel of the kingdom of heaven be born from a people, Lord, that know you as I am. Behold, behold the Lord. Now behold us, behold the Lord. Our name settled in the heavens, written in the Lamb's book of life, settled forever. Your name, my name, is settled. Oh, we're settled in you, Lord. I'm settled in you. How could you publish peace if there was no king priest? Zechariah chapter 6, right? And he shall be a priest upon his throne, and he shall be a king upon his throne. And the council of peace shall be between them. There is no peace where there's no king priest. Listen, you can't have peace where there's not husband and wife entwined in one. Covenantal loyalty. And a loyalty of covenant, of an eternal covenant, flame of fire on the human soul. There cannot be peace where there's no king priest. It's the order of God that he would take the male and the female and the human soul and blend them together and bring a perpetual peace between. There's been a war. There's been a war maybe in many of our families between the male and female dimension. Hey, folks, God's war, that war is coming to an end. There will be peace between male and female. There will be peace between king and priest. Like never before at the end of this age. And only God could do it by a flame of love. By a fire that burns hot in us. Both male and female. Transfigured glory. Burning hot with love. That we would love one another. That we would respect one another. bring forth a good tiding of something that is not real to me. I can't say that there's a publishing of peace where there's not a peace inside of me. It would be some kind of false thing. It wouldn't be real. I'm bringing good tidings that are good. You know the goodness of God is the activity of God in the natural dimension. Kindness is an attribute of interior personality, but goodness does. Goodness brings 
brings life into the midst and manifests his glory in the midst of the daily round. I'm bringing good tidings of goodness, of the goodness of God that shall overtake me. Surely what mercy and goodness shall overtake me. Surely. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What salvation will we publish? That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have published this salvation. The salvation of Sozo that's actually is salvation of complete healing, complete deliverance, the complete Sozo, and then a complete upfit instantaneously. I'm believing for this, that those who would say, I'll let the Lord have his full right to me, that an atomic blast of God's glory will go off in the human heart and Sozo them instantly. That the million hours of counseling is over with in the sense that we would not have to do this anymore for anyone. He'll heal them instantly. Who says in Zion to Zion, uh, your God reigns. He's the omnipotent one. He's the omnipresent one. He's the omniscient one. And you know what? We're of his class. We're his family. We're his sons and daughters. So as he is, so are we. And we will be like him when we see him as he is. that goes from Isaiah 22 to Psalms 22. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of this congregation. I will praise you, Lord. I'll make a declaration of your name. I am that I am. I declare your majesty and your glory. I declare your honor. I declare your truth, Lord, that you know all things. We declare your omnipotence this morning, that you're the king of the universe. We declare your omnipresence that you don't forsake us and leave us forlorn more, but you're a very present help in a time of need. We cast all our cares on you, Lord, for you care for us. For you care for us, Lord. Oh, you're the eternal one. You're the goodness. You're the goodness, Lord. You're the goodness, Lord. You're our light and our salvation. No one is like you, Lord. There is none like you, Lord. No one like you, Lord. I don't want no one else 
but you are. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Oh, I will worship you with my whole heart. And I will magnify your name. I say glory, Lord. Glory is your name.
share something here the Lord was putting on my heart. <laughs> he was reminding me of uh, 2 Corinthians 10 where it says, worldly grief produces death. I don't know about y'all, but uh, regret, worldly regret, its outcome is death. So I'll just read the full verse here. For godly grief produces a repentance not to be regretted. 
and leading to salvation, but worldly grief produces death. For consider how much diligence this very thing, this grieving as God wills, has produced in you. What a desire to clear yourselves. What indignation. What fear. What deep longing. What zeal. What justice. In every way, you have commended yourselves to be pure in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, it's not because of the one who did wrong or because of the one who was wronged, but in order that your diligence for us might be made plain to you in the sight of God. For this reason, we have been comforted. Lord, I pray for each one here, God, if there is any place of worldly sorrow and regret that is in us, God, I pray for full awareness, Lord, that you set us free of worldly sorrow and regret. We thank you so much for that gift, God, of freedom. visiting us, right, here and at home. We were reading uh, through communion again, and I saw in that passage, of y'all, I'm sure you've heard it, Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. Now, I don't know how that works with God, but when Jesus says something, it has to be true, right? So... The communion that we have with him was established in his flesh and in his blood. He said, this is my body. And the Lord's been showing me that there is an infusion of his nature that comes through his flesh and through his blood. Now, we know it's spiritual, but it's also a reality in the physical realm as well. As well. So I want to encourage you this week, this message of love today, the message that it's about a relationship. This message that it's not about all that you do as much as it is all that you are with him because he is the main thing. He's the main one. So Lord, are we all ready? Are we, are we good for communion now? We just have to wait for everybody to get it, you know? <laughs> um, so Lord, we agree with the reality of what you said. You are the living word that lives and abides forever. You also, at the same time, are the one who gave your flesh. You took your sins, in, took our sins in your body on the tree. So Lord, I thank you that that is finished. It's completed. Lord, we don't have regret because you have already taken all that we've done and you've forgiven us. 
So Lord, we take your body and we receive it as the infusion of your nature, your character, your healing power. So we said, take and eat from it, all of you. says, and if you can visualize this in your heart and mind, the life is in the blood. Can you see the eternal life of the God of the universe coursing through the veins of Jesus? He took the cup and said, this is my blood and the blood of the new covenant that I make with you. So Lord, we receive it from you as the blood of the new covenant. And Lord, we want to be totally infused and we want to be totally in you and you in us. And we receive it. And he said, drink from it, all of you. some pieces of boxes um, it was a pragmatic act because we burned the cardboard in our fireplace and I was ripping it up for that but it's also a prophetic act because what was really hitting me you know is we have things in our lives that need burned up but it's not about us when we have things in our lives that are being burned up it burns up the boxes that we put God in 